Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. Wow, I'm so thankful to be with you guys today. I, like, honestly, I, I said this earlier if I had to live in America, man, I would love to be a part of this church. Like, it just feels like home, seriously. And, and just a couple of things as we were worshiping just now, like, I just, I, I mean, I just feel like the Lord just wants you guys to know he's created this church. He's created you guys in this room, every one of you, to be worshipers, to be prayers, and to be those that pour out. I just felt like he said, you are worshipers. It is clear. We are worshiping. And man, I just felt the delight of God. And, it just, and as we're worshiping, I was, I mean, I just, I just wanted, I was like, I just wish this would just transform right now into a prayer room and we wouldn't do anything, anything else besides just start worshiping. Like there, he's created you guys to worship. Really. He's created you guys to pray. You guys are prayers. I don't know if you do it every week. And if you don't, I love that you did it today. And I wish you, whatever, like getting to get, like the little getting in threes and just praying and praying at the end of the service. It happened too, just praying. Man, we're not a church that comes to watch some stinking dude talk. We come to encounter the living God. He is the best teacher. He is the best counselor. He is the revealer. We've been, called, we've been called to behold him, to worship him, to be people of prayer. Prayer is intimate connection with God. It's just talking to him like a normal, like a person to person. And you've been called to pour out. I mean, as we were worshiping, like I just felt like the Lord was just saying, you guys are called to pour out, to pour out your lives. And I just want to say, like, when the, you, you youth that were up here, like I was fighting back tears because I was remembering when I was your age and I just, just like had a youth pastor. I had others that were just saying, let's, you have to make a decision. Are you going to live for the things of this world and be one who points people to the things of this world? Or do you want to be one who points people to Jesus? And I just want to say, when you guys are up here worshiping, I was just like, I was just, be fools for Jesus. Seriously, be fools for Jesus. It's worth it. Waste your life on Jesus. It's not wasting your life, but it seems ridiculous. But man, we are called to be aliens and strangers. Keep giving your life, guys. When you feel like it and you don't, coming before him and worshiping him in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. In the Lord God Almighty's hands. In his hands. We're created to walk and talk with him. You're created, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's our bread. This is what you guys are created for. You are aliens and strangers. Man, waste your life on Jesus. It is worth it. He will take you on more wild and beautiful, crazy adventures of intimacy with him and partnership with him than the world could ever offer. Seriously, just, okay. So, so I've, my wife and I and our kids, <clears throat> We've been living in the Middle East the last 16 years and just um, love it and actually live with these guys right there. Corey and Sarah Ann, they are part of our, we're a big family, loving Jesus there. I just want to start, I just want to start by telling a God story. And I just want to say, 
like, man, whenever any person gives their heart to Jesus, whenever any, any person's life getting rocked, any revelation that ever comes out of the mouth of a person, the glory doesn't go to that person. The glory goes to the Holy Spirit. Any great book you've ever read about Jesus or whatever, just all the revelation, actually, actually, all the praise and glory goes to the Lord God. He is the one, if anything good ever comes out of anybody's mouth, Jamie, mine, anybody else's mouth, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not our flesh. Do you know what I'm saying? All the glory goes to him. So anyway, so we're just telling this God's story. So, so this one day when, when I knocked on this door, I had no idea what we would find. His house is in a small Hezbollah village in the hills of southern Lebanon, just a few minutes from, from our house where we were living. And some friends had told us, hey, there's a guy over in that village. He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you more about Jesus. But to be honest, when we knocked on the door, we were not sure what we'd find. We weren't sure. It was all Shiite Hezbollah village. We weren't sure if the person was actually this open, hungry person, or if it, or if it might be a trap. But a middle-aged man opened the door when we knocked and greeted us with a smile. And he said, Ahlen, Ahlen, you're welcome, you're welcome. Fadalu, come in, come in. And so we walked in. My friend Abdu and I, Abdu is a Lebanese <clears throat> who's fallen in love with Jesus. He's on fire, man. And I've been walking with and discipling this guy like the last 15 years. Actually, right now he's living in Syria just sharing Jesus there. Um, <clears throat> as, we, as we walked in, he sat us down. And we, he, we sat on a couch and he sat in this chair in front of us and his wife came and brought us coffee. And I didn't used to like coffee, but I ended up in the Middle East and you just drink it all the time. Now I love it. And I'm, I'm trying not to become a coffee snob, but it's like well, happening. So anyway, so he, gives me, <clears throat> so he gives me this coffee and then he just says, I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you came. We said, oh, it's so great to meet you. We're, we're so happy to be with you. And he said, listen, listen, I have to tell you something. He said, I saw Jesus. And I said, really? I mean, because, I, I mean, I was excited. I wasn't, but I'm like, the truth is I've never seen Jesus. I can't wait to see Jesus. I've, I've seen his goodness. I've seen his glory. But he's like, I've seen Jesus. And so I said, like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you saw Jesus? And he said, I saw him two times. I saw him two times. He goes, three days ago, I was sitting right here, right in this chair. And he said, and all of a sudden, this man appeared before me and he was glowing in white. And he said, his face was as bright as the sun. And he said, I just felt this overwhelming peace and love and awe. And he said, and there were two huge guys next to him and they were wearing white. And he said, and they had big wings. He didn't know the word angel. But he's just like, they had these big wings. And he said, as I, as I looked at him, this angel spoke and he said, this is Jesus. He's the one you've been searching for your entire life. And then he goes, and then I saw him today. I saw him today. I saw him again in a little bit. I'm going to take you up on, his, on this hill where I saw him. He goes, I was walking this morning. And I came to the top of this hill. And as soon as I came to the top of the hill, he was there. Jesus was there and he had his arms open wide. And as I saw him, he said, come to me. I'm going to give you life. And, I, and he said, and he took me in his arms and he hugged me. 
And this teacher, this Muslim man named Ahmed, just started crying like a little baby. And he said, and his smell was the most beautiful smell I've ever experienced. And he just kept weeping. He goes, and I can still smell him now. I can still smell him now. This is Jesus. He is real. God is real. And he revealed himself to this Arab Muslim man in the middle of a Shiite Hezbollah village because people like you are praying and worshiping, saying, God, open eyes. He is real. And our prayers, when you pray and you worship and you say, God, move, you may feel like these weak little people. When you're in your room and you're praying for your sick aunt, your grandma, your kids, when you're praying for the nations, it may just be like, oh, yep, time to pray for the nations. Guys, your prayers are powerful and effective. Jesus, the Lord God, his word is true. And what he says is the prayers of righteous men and women are powerful and effective. What does that mean? It means they actually have power. You feel weak when you're praying, but God says power is released. They're effective. They actually shift things no matter what you feel. And we're righteous, not because you prayed with zeal, not because you had a great quiet time, not because you've been a believer for X number of days. You're righteous by the blood of Jesus. And so when you pray, no matter how you feel, if there's power and there's, God's called us to walk by faith and not by sight. And so there are moments where you're going to pray and you're not going to see anything happen. There's, I wish I had time to tell this story, but there's this dude, this mechanic guy, prayed for him the first time. He had broken shoulder, broken shoulder torn muscles. <clears throat> Supposed to four months, he's, the doctor had x-rays, all that stuff. Said, you're not going to be able to use your arm for four months. The first time, pray for him. I'm just like, Jesus can heal you. He's real. Pray for him. Nothing happened. Then we start praying for him again. Like three seconds into it, he's like, what did you do? What did you do? And I was like, what? And he was like, Jesus, I'm healed. When we, like, I can tell you, I've prayed for so many people and, and so often nothing has happened right in front of me. But like, oh, anyway, bottom line is like, man, let's be people who walk by faith and not by sight. Seriously, let's not have our theology be defined by what we've experienced or what we are seeing in the moment. Let's have our theology be defined by the word of God. Seriously, like, oh man. So I'll just tell you, even before, when that happened, that guy, that mechanic, like right before that, I just was like, I'm sick of praying for people that aren't being healed. I was like, I'm too low batting average of like, when I pray, the Holy Spirit moving. I'm like, cheat, disciple me, help me, Lord. What do I need to learn? What do I need to change? Whatever. And so you know what I started doing? I just started listening to Bethel teachings. I started listening to, to, to testimonies of people being healed because faith comes from hearing the word of God by, by, and by beholding Jesus. I just kept saying, Lord, disciple me. Teach me how to, yeah, partner with you. God, just make me a man of faith that walks by faith and not by sight. Anyway, bottom line is I still pray for people and they sometimes don't get healed right in front of me, but God has called us to be people who pray and do not give up. Because our prayers are powerful and effective. Okay, so, <clears throat> I don't know. Okay, man. So, bottom line is, God is real, and he wants 
to rock the nations with a revelation of who Jesus really is. And he's chosen to partner with his kids. So I just want to be clear, like, I didn't grow up loving the nations at all. Like, I grew up, I grew up in the Ozarks, in the Springfield, Missouri, and just a normal, simple family. And, you know, I mean, we're not like nations focused. We're not like super uh, sophisticated, just normal people. I mean, to give you the like a little glimpse, my, my mom, you know, still to this day, every time we're with her, she's like, hey, kids, okay, I made some tortilla, or she says, I made some tortillas and some quesadillas for you. And I'm just like, thanks, mom. I mean, I've like corrected her like 15 times. And now, now it's just honor to not correct her. But anyway, so just to say, like, I didn't grow up in a family that was like, the nations, God has a heart for the nations at all. Like, but then I'm, you know, in college, I ended up moving from Missouri to, to Texas and, <clears throat> and got involved at the Antioch Community Church in Waco when I was in college. And man, you know, when I was there, you know, I had heard these verses like, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Like I knew these verses, but, but like when I got there and I started hearing people talk about God's heart for the nations, at first I was just like, always, you know, just like a normal Anyway, just very self-centered. I would come to church and I'd just be like, God, I need, I need you today and I need your help with my exams and I really would like to date that cute girl or whatever. And like, seriously, that's what I'm praying about. But as I got involved at that church, at this Antioch church, I just kept talking about God's heart for the nations, his desire that all would be saved and come to knowledge of the truth. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, these verses are all throughout the Bible. Oh my goodness. And he started to stir up this heart and this passion in me to like actually think about and pray for those that don't know him. So I moved, so, so then a few years after I graduated from college, I met my wife, Rachel, you saw our picture earlier, and we fell in love. And then we came and we went to the Antioch Discipleship School. And I just want to say, you have got to do the Antioch Discipleship School. Like it is awesome. I mean, the calling on our lives is to be disciples of Jesus. Really, it's not to be believers. It's not to be fans. It's not to be those that know his stories. It's to be disciples of Jesus, disciples of the living God, disciples who see him as our teacher. Lord means our leader. He means he is our boss. He is our leader. We are called to be disciples of the living God. And, and so the Antioch Discipleship School is really just like, man, let's narrow our lives around him. Let's like stop filling our time with watching TCU sports, you know, Bay, Baylor sport, you know, nobody here watches Baylor sports, but TCU sports, you know, or, <clears throat> or whatever else and Netflix and all this stuff. It's like, man, let's narrow our lives and let's center our eyes on Jesus. Me, these students of him. And man, I'll just tell you, it ruined me. It rocked me. Just this like, I am going to narrow my life around him. Well, at the end of the discipleship school, we went on an outreach to Lebanon into Syria. <clears throat> and, and on that outreach, I mean, I was, I was scared, man. And my parents were scared too, because I've grown up in America and I've been watching all that garbage that talks about how the Arab Muslims are scary and bad. But you know what? When I arrived in Lebanon in Syria and I started walking around just talking to people, 
like all of a sudden I, re I realized they're just normal people. They're just normal people like you and me. They are. They're God's kids and he loves them. But here's the deal is the devil is trying to scare the church. <clears throat> the devil is trying to, to fill the church of America with fear and even hatred towards the Arab Muslim world and towards other nations that are lost, that are filled with unreached peoples. Because the devil knows if the church actually, see, fear is never from the Lord. So if you're ever, ever watching anything and your reaction or hearing something, your reaction is fear, you can know that is actually the devil. Because the devil comes to steal, kill, destroy. The Lord says he gives us, he does not ever give it a spirit of fear, but of love, power, love. So instead of fear towards Arab Muslims, the Lord gives love, a spirit of love. The Lord gives a spirit of power to be able to like feel the way he feels and love the way he loves and a sound mind that's aligned with the mind of God and sees people the way he sees them. That's who we were created to be, guys. And so with the devil, what he does is he, he tries to get us like become observers who are afraid to death of, of Muslims. And the truth is there's 1.8 billion of them. And they don't know the truth of who Jesus is, guys. But they're just like you and me. And as his church says, God, give us your eyes, then God is going to raise up an army of people who are fearless, who realize I have nothing to lose. You hold on to your life. He says, you lose it. You lay down your life for me. You find it. It doesn't just mean you die on like literal physical death. It means you lay down your life and say, I want, I want what you want, God. I want to feel the way you feel. I want to love the way that you love. He says, that is how you find life. So Lord, yeah. Mm. Jesus, do that in all of us, God, more. So when I arrived in Lebanon, um, I didn't, I liked it, but I didn't, I didn't love it like in the natural. But as I was there, I just kept praying every morning. We get together and we worship and we pray and say, Lord, give us your eyes, give us your heart. That one morning I was <clears throat> having my quiet time before our like prayer and worship time in the morning as a team. And I was praying, I was just like, God, how do you want me to pray today? Like what, how do you want me to pray for this nation? How do you want me to pray for these people? And as I was praying, I just got this picture in my heart. It wasn't like a vision. It wasn't like I like physically seen just in my heart. Like I just saw this vision of <clears throat> this picture of a huge desert in the middle of the desert. There was this greenhouse. And as I saw it, I felt like God said, I am, ra I am, I am raising up a greenhouse in the middle of the spiritual desert. And I'm raising up healthy trees and plants and flowers. And I'm going to plant them throughout the desert and bring it to life. And so when I saw that, I just started weeping. And I mean, one thing that stood out to me was like, not just I have a dream to, it was like, I am, I'm doing it. And so I started praying. I was like, God, if this is what you're doing, like, how can I pray? How should I pray? And as I, and as I prayed that, I felt like God said, I need people. I need people who will partner with me in raising up these healthy trees and plants and flowers so that they can be spread out throughout the desert and bring it to life. In that moment, I just started crying. I was like, God, I don't love Lebanon. But Lord, if you need people, hear my send me. I was just like, God, I don't love it. I don't love this place. But if you need people, hear my send me. 
And I'm going to tell you, he didn't, he didn't say, yes, I have called you to Lebanon. He didn't say, this is your nation. I mean, he does that. He didn't show me a flag. He didn't, he didn't show me a picture of like me ministering forever in Lebanon. Like, but as I prayed, he just started giving me more and more of his heart, more and more of his love, more and more ideas and dreams of his desire for these people. So fast forward. <clears throat> so we came back. We, we were like, all right, let's get some other people to pray. So we gathered people from college ministry and we started praying for Lebanon every week. We started a prayer shield. We started praying over the nation, praying over that God would release dreams, visions. So we land, <clears throat> so we landed in, man, what am I going to say? I'm like running out of time. Okay. So Jesus. So, Okay, so we landed there. And as we got there, we met these other missionaries. Like there were a, a decent number that had been there from the 1960s, the 1970s, and 1980s. They'd been there even during the Civil War. And, and as I talked to them, here's what they said. is During each of those decades, between all of Lebanon and Syria, between all of the missionaries and all the different organizations together, People only knew of between two and five Muslims that had given their lives to Jesus in each decade of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. <clears throat> and then they said in 1990, it started to shift. They said it started to become two to five, a couple of Muslims coming to Jesus every year. Well, fast forward now. Right now, there are over 15 reproducing church planting movements in the Arab Muslim world, meaning house churches are playing house churches are playing house churches, at least four generations of house churches with 500 baptized believers, fit over 15 different multiplying movements happening right now in the Arab Muslim world. It is a new day, guys. God is moving. Do you know what shifted? Do you know what shifted? Here, I want to show you that. Maybe we can look at these, this slide. Here's what shifted. That guy, Mo, he dies in 650, okay? And from 650 to 1870, zero church planting movements in all of, the Arab, all of the Muslim world. According to every historian, secular or Christian, every theologian, every researcher, so there were individuals, ones and twos and threes, families that came to Jesus, but no reproducing church, no, no the 500 or, or more baptized believers at all, until 1870. 1870, the first church planting movement among Muslims was birthed in Java. A hundred years, no more church planting movement started. Second one, 1970. Zero new ones till 1990. 1990, <clears throat> some missionaries and some prayer warriors started coining this phrase, the 1040 window. So the 1040 window is that middle strip of the earth that runs from North Africa to the Middle East to Central Asia India, Pakistan, the Stan countries into East Asia. What, what, what people realize is that 90% of the unreached people groups of the world, 90% of the people who've never heard who Jesus is at all live in that strip of the world. But what we realize is all the missionaries that were being sent out, 90% of them were going to Sub-Saharan Africa, South America, Europe, the former Soviet Union. Praise God. Like everybody needs to know who he is. But there's this awakening of like, man, we're missing 
the unreached people groups of the world. So what happened was people started writing books and talking about it in churches. I remember in college ministry in Waco, we started praying. There's this little booklet called Praying Through the 1040 Window. In our little college ministry, like we got out, like we'd have half nights of prayer and we'd put a big map on the ground of, and tape and we'd put little, little banners around the wall about Saudi Arabia and about Yemen and about Bangladesh and about India and just like prayer points. I'm like, this is crazy. But we would just start praying for these places. Little grandmas around the world started praying for the 1040 window, praying up just like little, do you know what I'm saying? Little like, go get them. I don't understand, but Jesus, you're awesome. Get those Arab Muslims. And like, and look what happened. Look what happened. Between 1990 and 2000, God birthed 15, over 15 church planting movements among previously unreached people groups. And two, between, oh, 19, yeah, between 2000 and 2015, God birthed 165 plus full church planting movements among previously unreached people groups. In 2008, the first movement that anybody knows of in history was birthed in the Arab Muslim world. Fast forward 2016 to 2018, 500 church planting movements. And, and many, many among Muslims, now over 1,000 church planning movements among previously unreached people groups. So here's my question. What shifted? What changed? Prayer. That's what shifted. It wasn't like, so it wasn't all of a sudden Jesus was like, you know what? Actually, I do love those guys. No, the truth, what shifted is that God people started praying and God's people started going. God's desire, he says, is that all would be saved and come to knowledge of Jesus. God says, and Timothy says, God's desire is that all, all, all would be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord that he is God. His desire is that every single person, there are right now 2.2 billion people on earth that have never heard the truth about who Jesus is. There are over 6,700 entire people groups, entire language groups, where there are not disciples of Jesus. There aren't reproducing churches unreached. That is not okay. Guys, it's not okay. It's not okay with our dad. He says his desires that all would be saved and come to knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord. And this master engineer, this master orchestrator, the most, this father whose heart is bleeding for, and longing and hungry for all to know him. You know what his plan and strategy is? It's partnership. It's partnering with his church. He says Jesus is the head of the church. And he says, we, the church is the body of Christ. And he's called his body to incarnate Jesus, to be the ones that walk and talk and touch and bring the kingdom of God. That's who we are. And Matthew 28 says, go therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go make disciples of all ethne." He says, therefore, go and make disciples. Not just fans or followers, disciples of all ethne, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. 
and teaching them to walk with Jesus, obey his commands. And then Jesus says, and I will go with you always, even the ends of the earth. Here's the deal, guys, is we are living in unprecedented time. Seriously. Like right now, <clears throat> for the first time in history, we know where every single people group on earth is located. By 20, right now, almost every single language in the world has the Bible in their language for the first time. And by 2025, <clears throat> the, re the remaining languages on earth will have either been finished or almost finished being translated into their language. For the first time on earth, we can fly anywhere really quickly. If this generation will say, God, we don't want to live for the things of this earth. Here's the deal. These chairs are going to disappear. These TVs are not going to remain. Nobody's going to remember what job titles we had. When we stand before the living God, all that's going to matter is this intimate friendship was created to be worshipers, beholders, friends of the living God, sons and daughters who say, in you I live and I move and I have my being. I live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. You are my life. You are my drink. That's what we're created to be in those who drink him in and pour him out. Those who love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love him. Just love and minister to him. And those who love others and make disciples of all nations. Love others. Love others as he loves us. As, amen. Like this is what we're called to. And God's trying right now. He's saying, guys, we're leaving in a now moment. We're at the culmination of history, guys. Really, God is bringing this convergence where we now know where all the unreached people groups are. The Bible, the word of God is in their language and his church can get there. But the problem is that we're clumped together because this world and this America is sticky. And so let's be people who say, I'm not going to just be living and breathing and whatever and dying. But let's be people who are on mission. Let's be people who are on mission to be those who worship, who pray and pour him out. Let's be those that are on mission, lovers of Jesus, who have a passion for his purposes on the earth, which is that no more Arab Muslims and Indians would die without knowing and having heard. The deal is not everyone is going to believe, but it's not okay that not everyone has an opportunity to know a disciple maker because there's enough of us out there, right? Really. And so here's the deal. I'm not saying that every single person in this room needs to move to the Middle East. That's not what I'm saying. But on a macro level, there's a problem. On a macro level, there's still 2.2 billion people who haven't heard. So it's not like every single person here has to move to the 1040 window or you're disobeying God. That's not what I'm saying. But on a macro level, there's a problem. And so that means on a micro level, there's a problem. There's not enough individuals, families that are just saying, God, not what I want. God, you want the nations to know you. Your desires all would be saved. So God, I'm in. Where do you need people? I'm in. So here's the deal. Let's be people who live on mission. Here, there, and everywhere. And so as long as you live in Fort Worth, Man, let's drip Jesus in Fort Worth. Let's live purposely in Fort Worth. There are unreached people groups here across the street and at TCU who have come here, some as war refugees, 
some escaping other like really difficult problems. And so often we don't want to look at these people as the world does, as CNN and Fox News does. We don't want to look at immigrants or people that have come here through the eyes of man. I mean, God's desire is that all nations would know. So when he brings them to America, then let's reach them. Let's trip Jesus. Guys, let's stop being political. The Lord Jesus was so apolitical. He was always, I am going to, he just talked about my kingdom is different. I represent a different kingdom. This is who we are. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Not politics, not Amer- not our comfort, not guarding our neighborhoods. We're called to engage the lost, go among the hurry and the broken. Those that don't know him, amen? So, yeah, so bottom line is, like, Lord, disciple us, God, and on how to see people the way you see them. Do surgery on the hearts of your church, of me, God. We say we want to see as you see, Jesus. We want to love as you love, Jesus. Disciple us, God. We know we just want, yeah, God, we, we just say, disciple us. We just want to be disciples of the living God. Disciple us, God, and how to, how to just worship all the time. We want to be those that worship as we drive at work. When we wake up in the morning, we want to choose and narrow our lives around you, God. We want to be those that pray in the spirit on all occasions. You said pray without ceasing. God, your desire, and I'm not there yet, but we just say disciple us, God, how to be those who pray in the spirit on all occasions, who just constantly try and think of you, God. I pray that you would make, yeah, just make us those, you know, Lord, who are lights, who just, you said, let your light shine before men so they can praise their father in heaven. God, we just say, help us take away fear. Fear is not from the Lord, God. We pray that you would help us to be those, yeah, who just recognize fear as it is, as a lie, as an intimidation of the devil to keep us from walking out on who you've created us to be. So Jesus, we say, disciple us, God, how to love as you love Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you've called us to be people of prayer. Make us people of prayer. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this adventure of walking and talking with the living God. God, we don't want to just be those that meet with you on Sundays, that enjoy worshiping you here, God, that have great quiet times, God. We want all of that, Jesus, but we want to be those who are consumed by you, Jesus. So take us from where we are and disciple us forward every day, Jesus and how to just be about our Father's business. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, go ahead and stand up if you would. We're going to respond to the Lord. And uh, just worship team, ministry team, come on up. And uh, we're just going to take a few minutes here. And so... uh, and, and because of that, I want to just encourage everybody to, uh, like, don't spend a, a big, long time thinking about it. I, this is for everybody. So we just want to respond with our hearts, come to the front, and 
And this is who we are. I mean, this is our culture. This is the air we breathe. This is what God's called us to be a multi-ethnic epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ manifesting, Father's love receiving, Holy Spirit-empowered church that is reproducing here into the nation and to the nations of the earth. So, Lord, would you come? Would you touch every single heart in this room with a yes? Lord, we're just saying yes. Yes to you to the next thing. Renewed minds, renewed hearts, filled up tanks that are saying yes to the commission that Clint's just graciously, with love, tenderly put out in front of us. Lord, make us disciples that are disciple makers here and in the nations. Lord, make this a house of prayer for the nations. In the name of Jesus, amen. Again, just want to encourage you guys, be bold. It's for all of us. Take that next step, whatever it is. If the front fills up, then get just every single person, find somebody to pray for. Can I pray for you? Pray for me. And let's every single buddy, every, everybody gets prayer this morning. Go for it.